You're listening to the Black Girls of Purpose podcast, where we talk about faith, friendships, and feature boss women from the Black Girls of Purpose community. I'm your host, Brianna Lightfoot-Smith, founder and CEO of Black Girls of Purpose. Hey, Purpose Peeps, we are back with our second episode for this month's faith series. Last week, we studied the story of Abraham, who is often called the father of faith, and we saw through his example that faith cannot be dictated by what we see. Instead, it requires that we obey God's commands, believe his promises, and surrender control as we wait for what he has promised to come to pass. So now that we know what some of the requirements of faith are, What are some of faith's character traits? Well, I'm so glad you asked because that's what we're going to study today. And we're going to do so by looking at Daniel 3, 1 through 7 and 13 through 30. And if you're not familiar what these verses are, they talk about the three Hebrew boys when they were in the fire. So it's going to be a great study. Before we dive into today's lesson, I wanted to invite everyone listening to subscribe to our email list so you can stay up to date on all Black Girls of Purpose happenings. This includes events, promotions, and personal notes from me. You can do that by visiting blackgirlsofpurpose.org join and entering your email address into the form on the screen. Also, follow us on Instagram if you're not already, at blackgirlsofpurpose. We share encouraging posts throughout the week, and occasionally we will run social media contests for Black Girls of Purpose goodies. Now that we've got all our housekeeping items out of the way, let's turn to the episode for this week. Now, I said today's lesson was called Forged in Fire, based on Daniel 3, and I wanted to give you the definition of forged before I got into today's study. So forged means to be formed by pressing or hammering with or without heat, and that definition ties in perfectly with today's story. So it comes out of Daniel 3, and it reads, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold, the height of which was 60 cubits and its width 6 cubits. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king set word to assemble the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Then the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the rulers of the provinces were assembled for the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, To you the command is given, O people, nations and men of every language, that at the moment you hear the sound of the horn, flute, lyre, trigon, psaltery, bagpipe, and all kinds of music, you are to fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. But whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into the midst of a furnace of blazing fire." Therefore, at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the horn, flute, lyre, tigon, psaltery, bagpipe, and all kinds of music, all the people, nations, and men of every language fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Skipping to verse 13, it says, Then Nebuchadnezzar, in a rage and anger, gave orders to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men who were brought before the king. Nebuchadnezzar responded and said to them, 
Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you did not serve my God or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready, at the moment when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, lyre, trigon, psaltery, and bagpipe, and all kinds of music, fall down and worship the image that I have made very well. But if you do not worship, you will immediately be cast into the midst of a furnace of a blazing fire. And what God is there who can deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to give you an answer concerning this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your God or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with wrath, and his facial expression was altered toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He answered by giving orders to heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. He commanded certain valiant warriors who were in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in order to cast them into the furnace of blazing fire. Then these men were tied up in their trousers, their coats, their caps, and other clothes, and were cast into the midst of the furnace of blazing fire. For this reason, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace had been made extremely hot, The flame of the fire slew those men who carried up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell into the midst of the furnace of blazing fire, still tied up. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astounded and stood up in haste. He he said to his officials, Was it not three men we cast bound into the midst of the fire? They replied to the king, Certainly, O king. And he said, Look, I see four men loosed and walking about in the midst of the fire without harm. And the appearance of the fourth is like the son of the gods. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the furnace of blazing fire. He responded and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come out, you servants of the most high God. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the midst of the fire. The satraps, prefects, the governors, and the king's high officials gathered around and saw in regard to these men that the fire had no effect on the bodies of these men, nor was the hair of their heads singed, nor were their trousers damaged, nor had the smell of fire even come upon them. Nebuchadnezzar responded and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who put their trust in him, violating the king's commands and yielding up their bodies so as not to serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or tongue that speaks any offense against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn from limb to limb, and their houses reduced to a rubbish heap, inasmuch as there is no other God who is able to deliver in this way. Then the king caused Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to prosper in the province of Babylon. So I know that's a fairly long passage of scripture. Uh, but I felt like I needed to read the pretty much the entirety of Daniel 3. So you could see the background story of what we're going to be talking about today, which is the faith of these three Hebrew boys. Um, when we look at this passage of scripture, we learn that faith forged in fire is three things. We learn first that it's confident. We learn second that it's committed. And third, we learn that faith that is forged in fire is captivating. So first, faith forged in fire is confident, and we get that from verses 16 through 17. 
It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to give you an answer concerning this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. So throughout this whole study, we're talking about faith to believe God to do something incredible, something amazing, something that he has promised you that you may not yet see. And in this particular passage of scripture, we sh- we you you just heard how the th- three Hebrew boys were amongst they were in Babylon and King Nebuchadnezzar had set up this golden image that they were supposed to worship at the sound of various musical instruments and they were just like no we're not going to do it and they were able to be that bold because of their confidence in God and i love that even in the next verse it says that even if he doesn't deliver us, we will still not worship your God. That That is some extreme confidence that we can be able to say, okay, this is what God has promised me. So for them, he said, they're saying, God has promised that he will deliver us out of the hands of our enemies. But even if he doesn't, we're still not going to lose ourselves. We're still not going to lose sight of what he said. And I think it's important here for you to note that there will often be those who stand in direct opposition to what you know the Lord has said. Sometimes it doesn't have to be strangers. It could be family members or friends, and they may not see what you see. But it's important for you to remember that they weren't usually around or are not usually around to hear the promise or the command that you heard that gave you faith from the beginning. That three Hebrew boys knew God said, thou shall have no other gods before me. So even when things started to heat up, quite literally, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not flinch. Their focus was on God and not on their circumstances. So second something that we learned about faith is that faith forged in fire is committed. Verse 18 says, and I talked about this just now, but even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. At some point in our walk with God, our faith in him is going to be met with a counterfeit. In this particular story, it was the golden image, but in our lives, we may be tempted to replace our faith in God with faith in our relationships, our plans, our status, and even our finances. And I'm a personal witness that this kind of faith is wasted and that even if you feel like you're totally sold out for God, he is not above testing your commitment. I know that I remember the first time that my faith was tested. It actually was centered around my relationship with my husband, G. I was doing my first fast with my church in New Orleans. And one one day, God told me to break up with Jordan And I was like, God, why would you tell me that when I know that you told me we're going to get married? It seemed very confusing, but the more I thought about it, the more I felt like, okay, well, this has to be God, because why would this be coming from me? And so I chose to obey in spite of how much it hurt me. And then in an unexpected turn of events, just in a matter of six weeks, God permitted my husband and I to date again, obviously, because now we're married. And he showed me in that instant that it was was possible to make a God even out of God's promises to me. And that made me think of Abraham and Isaac. Um, Hebrews 12, 17 through 19 says, By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promise was in the act of offering offering up his only son, of whom it was said, 
through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able to even raise him from the dead. Now, this boldness is what God is looking for when he allows you to be placed in the fire so that your faith can be tested. He wants to see, okay, how, how committed are you to me? And I can bring this back to our finances testimony. Y'all know that we're believing God to declare us debt free. And he gave me that vision, promise, thought back in 2017. And I've had so many opportunities to either try and forget about the promise and not be committed to it or opportunities to make my own way. And it's been extremely tempting, but as I try and learn from the faith of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and just stay committed to God and what he's told me, it's like I get stronger and stronger every day, which makes me think of James 1, 2 through 3, and we've talked about that many times on this podcast, but it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And then the scripture goes on to say, and perseverance must do its complete work so that you can be complete and perfect, lacking nothing. And even though it's never pleasant to be tested, when you get on the other side of it, it's exciting. And you can think of it as a test that you have, you know, in a classroom. In the moment, you may be nervous about the test, but when you get to the other side and you see that you made an A, or even if you see you made a B, you're just like, oh my gosh, okay, I'm actually getting this stuff together. I'm not just faking. So far we've learned that faith forged in fire is confident and committed, but what is the last piece? Last thing is that faith forged in fire is always captivating. And that comes out of Daniel 3, 25 through 26, which reads, Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astounded and stood up in haste. He said to his high officials, Was it not three men we cast bound into the midst of the fire? And they replied to the king, Certainly, O king. And he said, look, I see four men loosed and walking about in the midst of the fire without harm. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. When we are being tested, we can rest assured that someone is watching, watching, whether it be from a place of pride or pure curiosity and how we act in the fire can lead others to believe. King Nebuchadnezzar went from being filled with fury and asking who can deliver you from my hands to making a bold declaration in verse 29, which says any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn from limb to limb and their houses laid in ruins for there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. And I think that is such a powerful thing that we see that when we are obedient to God, he uses our testimony to bring others to him and to help others believe. Now, if you've been listening to our podcast, you know, last month we had our salt and light series and we talked extensively about sharing your testimony and sharing your testimony is how your faith becomes captivating. If you don't have to declare from the mountaintops everything you're believing God to do for you, but when you know that he's placed on your heart to share with somebody, hey, I'm believing God to declare my family debt-free, or I do believe that God can heal this disease, then it is going to bring him glory ultimately because they know when that thing comes to pass, oh man, she said this was going to happen, and she said God was going to be the one to do it. It was the same thing with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They said from the beginning, God will deliver us from your hands, but even if he doesn't. So King Nebuchadnezzar knew right after they were pulled out of the fire, oh snaps, this God that they talked about is real. 
And so I think that anything that you're going through right now, whatever it is, I encourage you to continue to push through it and let people know, hey, I'm in the fire. I'm I'm being forged. I'm being crafted into his image. But I promise if you do that, um, it's going to bless you beyond what you could believe. And it makes me think of something that we were talking about at church a few weeks ago. We were talking about the life of Joseph and how he was ministering to people in prison with him. And a lot of times when we're going through things, the enemy wants us to get so focused on ourselves that we can't focus on what other people are going through or what where other people have needs. But if you say, you know what, I know that God has me in this fire for a reason and I want him to be able to use me, then he will give you such a powerful testimony. And I tie that back to our finances. I tie that back to my marriage with G. I tie that back to even us getting pregnant with our baby. Like I, the past 10 years of my life have had nothing to do with me. They have all been marked by major faith leaps where God told me to go somewhere I didn't want to go, or he told me to do something I thought I had no qualifications for doing. But every time I was obedient to him, and committed to him and confident in him, he enlarged my territory. And honestly, he also extended the things that he entrusted me with, which didn't always feel like a good thing. It's like, okay, well, Lord, I trust you in that that area. And he's like, okay, I want a little bit more from you. But if you continue to take those faith leaps, it will bless you beyond what you can think. And I can't even imagine where I'm going to be this time next year in my life and in my ministry, just because of the various things God has called me to do. I've said, okay, Lord, yes, I don't understand this, but I'm confident in you. I'm committed to what you said. And I want others to come to, to know you. So I I want them to be captivated. So that is our lesson for this week. I hope that you are encouraged to go out and do bold and scary things. I hope you'll spend some time in Daniel 3, really studying more about the life of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and even looking at the life of Daniel and how he had incredible faith as well. Um, Each of these men have something to teach us about faith. And so I pray that you will be able to uh, just glean some wisdom from each of their stories today. As we close out, I want to share our verse of the week and our song of the week. Our verse of the week is found in 1 Peter 1, 6-7, and it reads, You rejoice in this, though now for a short time you have had to struggle in various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, more valuable than gold, which perishes though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And I love that it says, though refined by fire may result in praise. It ties in so perfectly with this story with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and how they came out of the fire and Nebuchadnezzar started praising God on their behalf. And then the song is uh, Fix My Eyes by King and Country. I like that song a lot because it just talks about what it is, what's necessary to have faith that is courageous and committed and captivating. And I think that um, you're going to really be blessed if you take the time to listen to that song this week. I do want to continue to share a little bit more about my faith journey because I talked about sharing um, 
this journey with my unexpected pregnancy, which, you know, fast forward now, my son is such a huge blessing and, and God actually allowed me to get excited about my pregnancy about maybe six months into it, or it might have even been four months. But what shifted the perspective for me was my husband. He, so I, well, I ended the story talking about how I just laid on the bed crying and was asking like, God, why don't you care what I want basically? And uh, my husband sat me down later on that week and he was saying, you know, Bree, who's to say that the life you have planned for us is better than the life that God has planned for us? Yes, you're you're talking about waiting three years before you have a baby, but who's to say like this isn't what we needed? And he was right. He was right. It wasn't something that I could see. Um, and it's funny because a lot of times we think we have faith until it's tested. And that goes into this whole forged and fire piece that I was like, oh, yes, Lord, I'm so committed to God and what his will is for my life. But I began to see that it's not always about what you believe, like intellectually, it's what you believe when you have to do it practically. And one of the things that has blessed me so much from looking back at that particular part of my journey when I was really struggling to understand God what is it that you're doing which kind of tied into last week when we say believing even when we can't see is that I've seen how God has purified me that he has through my son given me the confidence necessary to continue to do bold and scary things that I shared how you go from one faith journey to the next and The big thing then was my pregnancy. And then I learned, oh, wait, I have this other layer, which is my finances. And I've shared that journey countlessly, even on this episode of just how God has purified my desires financially before when it comes to being out of debt. I just wanted to be out of debt so that I could travel debt free. And now I want to be out of debt so that my finances, my husband and my finances are free to pour into the work of the ministry so that we can invest in people so that we, if we see someone who's hungry, can give them something to eat. I want to be at the place where I can pay for people's rent and I can pay for them to go and get groceries. Like I, there are so many desires that God has placed on the inside of me, but I know it's only because he's placed us in the fire and he's tested us constantly. So that is the latest um, or the the next piece of our faith journey as it relates to specifically my pregnancy and then also our finances. And I'm going to continue to share uh, more throughout the upcoming weeks. But I pray that this lesson has blessed you as I share my testimony. It blesses me because it just reminds me of God's faithfulness to those who believe. So I hope that you're encouraged and that you'll be back here next week. Hey, Purpose Peeps. Thank you so much for listening to the Black Girls of Purpose podcast for this week. I ask that if you enjoyed today's episode, you would leave us a five-star review with a few comments on how this podcast is helping you. 
Also, make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast if you have not already. We're available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, just to name a few. So whether you're team iPhone or team Android, we've got something for you. That's all for this week. Here's to more purposeful and faith-filled living. It's never that easy to choose purpose, but I would die to my flesh, live a life of worship. I'm really, really, really trying to make it into heaven. I'm trying to him say two words like, well done.